Welcome to the Serial Entrepreneur Podcast, where your fun and professional hosts take you on morning adventures in the world of startups. From simple to complex, disruptive, or just plain genius, startup ideas are chewed over to see if they get soggy or can stay crunchy in milk. So grab your favorite bowl of cereal and let's dig in. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. And it's great to have you on the podcast. For those of you who are used to hearing me say, good morning, Olga. Well, that's because Olga's not here, the, the little scamper. She decided to go with her mom to some sort of birthday trip to some special location they've been dreaming about for years, blah, blah, blah. You know, not realizing she's got an important podcast to record, right? I mean, the nerve. Hey, you know what, man? I'm sitting here eating my cereal. Sorry about that. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, family calls and vacation calls and we only live once, right? So That's right. No, obviously I'm being crass and sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, no, happy that she's spending good quality time with her mom and celebrating yeah. a great birthday and everything. And then very happy to have you on. So Christopher Reams, you are an insurance person. Am I correct? I, that is correct. An insurance broker for the last 16 years. 16 years insurance. God bless them. There must be something wrong for you to stick with it for that long in a world such as insurance. <laughs> you got to love it, right? I've asked myself that question so many times. Man. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I went to college, but I didn't go to college for insurance. When I, when I went to college, I'm like, oh, man, I want to do something prestigious. And I started doing sales uh-huh. and I wanted something better. So that's how insurance found me. Insurance found you. Wow. That is poetic. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm crying right now. And we turned off our videos. So you can't see it. And I'm glad because these, these tears are flowing. That's, that was oh, gorgeous. Man. Well, don't worry. I've cried enough for you over the years. When I oh, good. Yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of workers of comp policies. I bet you have. I wanted to bring you on the podcast. And this is going to be a very special episode. We're taking an interruption from the United Nations of Food business idea that we've been going over lately. Wonderful idea. And I can't wait to wrap it up with the financial episode. But we're going to take a brief pause from that episode this week to talk about the world of commercial insurance. And we're going to be talking with Christopher about this and his expertise and how he fits into many of these businesses that we have proposed and gone over and have been missing the insurance perspective. And now we finally have him in that 16 years of history that we have with Christopher Reams. And for those who want to look you up as they're listening, what's the website they can find you at, Chris? You know what? They can just go to ChrisTheInsuranceMan.info and there they can read information about different types of insurance, particularly Mm -hmm. commercial insurance. Okay. So yeah, go to ChrisTheInsuranceMan.info and look up his website as you're listening to this podcast because it will apply and there will be a test afterwards. Not really, but we're having lots of fun. And let's get to the most important part of this podcast. So what cereal are you eating, Chris? Right now I'm eating Honey Nut Cheerios with a cup of coffee. Oh, man. Man after my own heart. I love it. Oh, it's yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios, the best Cheerios, probably. And there's a few good ones out there, too, but the best of the main ones, at least. Yeah. You get old school, straight to the point. Got to get that fiber in, man. And you didn't use milk, though. You used coffee instead with the cereal? But no. Oh, man. That, that combination probably wouldn't be too good, man. But no. That would be Look weird. Coffee and just the regular <laughs> cereal. <laughs> okay. So you got, you got the coffee on one side. You got the cereal with milk or something like that. On the other, yeah, milk is just milk and cereal, correct. milk and cereal with coffee <laughs> on the side. Okay, much better. We don't have the video, right? I'm just just guessing, just 
the most logical uh, thing to think about when you say that. Now, so I've got, and thanks for asking, by the way, I've got Lucky Charms, but so I've had Lucky Charms on this podcast before, and I always try to bring new cereals to you, everybody, but I had to do this one again because a new charm. They have a new charm. I'm showing the camera like if they can see anything. We're not using video this time. Oh, man. It's a podcast <laughs> anyway, but okay. <laughs> I'm just, just imagine uh, me showing you this box, but there's a new magic gem charm. The is charm it is the same old school. Is it the same old school Lucky Charms? It's everything else you know and love about Lucky Charms, but they added a new charm, and okay. it's the, it's the magic gems. Okay, and they have Lucky holding up a few different gems, and it's like a diamond shaped charm with a bunch of little birthday cake looking confetti in it. Right, and on this box, it's it's just shooting out a big rainbow out of it like a like a bad album cover from from pink floyd or something like that and all the other gems are coming or all the other lucky charms are coming out of the rainbow from that gem there you go i just painted the whole picture for you anyway i'm always excited with all these lucky charms because i love lucky charms yes there was a lucky charm scare recently that ended up being bogus something that has to do with really yeah yeah i don't remember what it was but it was some probably something like lucky charms is unhealthy for you and everyone was like yeah well duh well, well, yeah, all this cereal is fried anyway, man. It is <laughs> I mean, come on now. Come on. Hey, not Cheerios is fried. So I know it. I know. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? I mean, it's all you did was remind people to buy more Lucky Charms, right? <laughs> That's it. It's buy more. And right. people are not going to stop. So you know, what can you do? <laughs> it was probably Lucky Charms that put the article out just to sell more boxes, I'm sure. Just to sell more boxes for, for publicity, man. PR, <laughs> PR purposes. Okay. But first off, I'm going to eat a gem by itself unmilked just because i gotta try it first and right away it's leaving gem flex all over my fingers so i'm like that that's good i guess you know it's proud of itself it's leaving itself all over the place yeah it tastes like a yummy lucky charms marshmallows i love these marshmallows you can pay like top dollar to buy just marshmallows on ebay and places like that yeah someone's got nothing better to do than just pick out the marshmallows Ooh, you know what that's actually a really good marshmallow it took me a while to chew through it but not like it's jerky or anything, but just the, right, the right. after flavor came through. Hey man, what would happen if you took one of the the marshmallows from the cereal and put it over bonfire? Would you get the same result as you would with a regular white marshmallow? Ooh, oh my gosh, you might have something in there like roasted cereal marshmallows. That could be I mean, good. why not? It's twenty twenty two. We have to be innovative, right? We got to try that. That's a new idea. Look at you. <laughs> you come to the podcast of new business ideas, and you bring them in just organically, right off the top of your head. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. That'd okay, I'm going to get my first bite with a gem. I did notice that the milk washes away the gem flex. It's just white after the milk has its, has a go at it. Oh, man. We talk about healthy, right? We're talking about the color and the dye within the marshmallows, and the milk just took it away. Okay, wow. Very yummy, though. Very yummy. Okay, so yeah. let's say, because obviously, Christopher, General Mills is your client. You insure their, their company as well, right? I would. I do, and I would love to. <laughs> you wouldn't mind having that account. <laughs> I insure General Mills. I'm done for the rest of my life. <laughs> no more to plug yourself on, on no more podcasts to... like ours. Never know. But let's say I eat it and it's unhealthy and I get sick or I have a bad gem or I roasted it and, it and it caused cancer or something like that. And I end up suing General Mills. Where do you come into play, Mr. Insurance Man? Well, I'm the one that will handle the claim, the claim information. So mm-hmm. you as the consumer, as the customer, and I've been through that before dealing with restaurants, but you as the customer, you got sick, unfortunately, and it may have been, it could have been avoided. Maybe you couldn't, but it happened. And you put litigation in and you have every legal right to do so. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? General Mills will give me a call. 
and say, Mr. Reams, we need to sit down, have a conference, something. We have a huge claim on our hands. How can we rectify this? And then I would start the process of, of the claim with the claims department. As your broker, I will handle all the, oh, as their broker, I will just do all the legwork, all the dirty work, and probably will talk with you as the person with the injury, because it's considered as an injury, uh, but, you know. Okay. Yeah. Insurance terms, injury, you know, typically layman's term injury is I broke a finger, I broke whatever, but you, you sustain an injury. So now I would have to call you, get some details, go from there. And then send all the information back to the claims department, and then they'll take over and do their own investigation to see what's going on. And if, okay. if General Mills is found to be at fault, then you get some money. All right. But obviously, they're your clients, so you're going to try to lower to their liability as much as possible, right? Always. Sometimes oh. I can't. And obviously, sometimes I can't. You still have the, the regular, you know, law of the world. And some things happen that's just beyond our control. And sometimes mm-hmm. I can't do what I want to do, but I do the best I can, you know. Right. Absolutely. And so obviously I gave you a scenario after the fact, but you know, walk us through a typical client. Let's take our latest business that we have now, the United Nations of Food. And and I've told you about this before. And just to remind everybody, this is a grocery store that specifically caters to international food. So there'll be different sections for different countries. There'll be the French section over here for French food. There'll be the Vietnamese section over there. There'll be the Japanese section over there and so on and so on. So we'll have several different international brands Uh, represented there with different ambassadors helping people pick out the right food. And then there's going to be live cooking events where people can learn how to cook, you know, dishes from these different countries. And there'll be guides that people can put on their phone from the app to teach you, you know, where things are and what aisles for the different ingredients of different dishes that you want to try to cook from different countries. So there's going to be all sorts of cool aspects to this. Okay. But tell us, you know, a to Z, how are you involved? And, and just to remind everybody, we've been missing this perspective for a long time. I mean, for our entire podcast, we haven't had a good, knowledgeable 16-year-plus insurance person to help us talk about commercial insurance, how important it is to a business, how it affects the operations of the business, the inception of a business, the setup, ongoing upkeep, everything else like that. How closely are you involved? It sounds like you, you stay pretty much with the business. You're not just there to sell an account and walk away, go on to the oh, next one. You oh, stay no, very no. much involved. And how does that work? You know what? And, and from the beginning all the way to the end until a customer decides to cancel, a client decides to go elsewhere or they're closed now, retiring, I'm right there. And, it, and it's a lengthy process. But for me, I enjoy it because I get to talk to people. But what happens is, let's say, you you know, you guys went on ahead and you started your grocery store. Let's say it's an operation and you don't have any insurance. Typically, I always recommend let's get the insurance before we open that door. Yes. Because the moment a customer walks on your property or within the business, now you're at liability. It can be a risk. So get it, mm-hmm. get it covered. So. Matt, you gave me a call. You say, Christopher, man, we need to get insurance on the on the business. We have to have a major comprehensive commercial policy. Awesome. No problem. Okay. So the first thing we were talking about is we, I will explain to you, we have to have regular liability insurance. Your basic liability insurance is going to cover any all your operations. Should someone fall? Should an employee fall? Should someone buy any product, Matt? And then for whatever reason, they, they bought a bag of Frito-Lay. They bought a bag of actual Lucky Charms. But now you're liable just like General Mills is liable. Why? Because you're selling it. So we would talk about that. Number two, we have to talk about the what you have, what we call as your content. 
we have to have your your inventory covered. So first, we talk about your operations, all what you're doing, all what you're selling. Right. Are you selling cereal? Are you selling donuts? Are you selling regular groceries of different ethnicities? And then what also makes a difference in these in these areas because I have actual clients in you know that own convenience stores and they sell tobacco. They sell alcohol. They sell different knickknacks. They may have mm. a department for a department for like making sandwiches, hoagies, things of that nature. So, not, so, so you started touching into regulated items. Is that yes, a little segue there? Yes, okay. sir. Okay. And, yep. And then we have to have everything divvied out. You know, everything has to be categorized. I call it old school line item. And then from that point, now the insurance companies say, okay, you, you sell sandwiches or you sell you sell Mexican food or whatever. And how much of each individual category are you making? How much you're making on tobacco? How much are you making on your alcohol? How much are you making on your pizza? Anything for for those examples? That's part of the application. It gives that specific. You have to say like which categories you're selling and how much you're you're making on those specific categories. Yep, everything is categorized and mm-hmm. how much is the revenue for each category of product you're selling. What happens if we're a new business like we are and we don't know how much we're going to be selling in each category? We have to guess. Yeah. And in some cases we want to, you know, what is your projected, what is your projected sales? So, and and it happens. Yeah. Also what some, and and it's it's important. I'm sorry. You bring bring up a good point. Let's say you are a new business and maybe it's one that's already established that new business, some carriers may say no. And other carriers may say yes. Well, that's just rude. Yeah, yeah. It's rude. It's annoying. I'm just going to be honest with you because why should Acme Insurance, just as an example, hold you liable because you're a brand new business? You have to start somewhere. Right, right. Well, they're too busy with the, you know, all the... All the Roadrunner Coyote items, right? All those items, yeah, man. And, and, <laughs> you know, man. It's one of those situations where it's, with the insurance business, we have what's called standard and non-standard carriers. So sometimes when those standard carriers would not insure a new business because they don't have any revenue history, don't have any payroll history, which all are questions on the insurance application. Mm-hmm. That maybe your standard carrier will take you. So yeah, but just to answer your question real quick, man, it's all about what are you selling, how long are you, are you open, what is your revenue you're, you're going to bring in for that year, and with the employees, how much payroll do you have? That that, that makes a big difference. Okay, so the payroll higher, plays the a part in this payroll, too. Then yeah, the higher the payroll, wow, you get into it. The higher the payroll, the higher the revenue will make your premium higher. That makes any sense. Wow. Yeah, that totally does. So this is very number specific. And this is really different than, you know, let's say you're just going on to Geico.com and trying to get an auto policy and you enter a few details about your car and spits out a price to you. This doesn't happen in this world, does it? It doesn't. And and that's (laughs) a good point you bring up, man. I'll be honest with you, man. You bring up some awesome points. And with car insurance, you may never talk to me until you have a car accident or renewals mm. coming and you want to save money. But with business insurance, I'm in constant contact with my customers mm-hmm. because let's say, for example, not just a product you're selling, you have an endorsement on your commercial policy to cover your actual equipment, you know, your coolers, your freezer, your condolas that you have where you store your product on. Yeah. 
anywhere in anything you have in that. So let's say you have about two hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, not the product you're selling, right? But not you store not your the product. inventory, but the capital goods. There you go. Okay. And that's also okay. Well, how much is, is the equipment, Chris? About two hundred grand. So let's say you bought a new freezer, and this is maybe mid year. This is six months into the policy. We have to report that anything, uh, yeah, any additions to your business, all the way down from product changes, employee changes, and even your actual equipment changes. If you're decreasing or increasing, either way, we have to report that, and that's something that our customers are good at, and, I, and that's something I preach on all the time because wow. it protects you as the business owner. So if something happened, like I, I actually have a customer, and I think it was fraud, where every oh, no. month their store caught on fire. The storage unit caught on fire. And it's like, okay, I need a oh. police report so I can file the claim. They never send me a police report. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that scam. Everyone has. <laughs> uh -huh. So you okay. have to have a wow. police report with that. So if any event, something happens, and just say you did have an extra cooler in there, Acme Insurance would say, oh, well, you didn't tell us. So, no, we're not going to cover it. Mm -hmm. Those are the risks we take when we don't update our policy or, you know, or with anything that happens. Does the carrier, because you're a broker and you sell for multiple carriers, you go out there and you shop it out with a client. You're the you're the insurance agent of record. I suppose that's what it's called, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. And you need to go there. You need to go physically to that location and make sure that, yes, they actually have all the coolers that they said they do. They're not claiming 20 more coolers than they previously had or some sort of like fraud thing. Is that part of your job as well? That's correct. I call it CYA. So because even I have to protect myself as the insurance rep. So, mm -hmm. you know, something small, not really. My clients here in Vegas they have a couple of stores. Yeah, I went and paid them a visit because they're selling multiple items. And I want to make sure that everything is on the up and up. They're telling me because if something happened, who are they going to blame first? Not the wall, not the customer. They're going to blame me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You're the, you know? you're the guy they see and know and trust. Yeah, yeah. I'm the whipping guy over here. Yeah. I'm the punching bag. It's the same thing with me. You know, and I tell people this, you, you have some, a face to talk to. You have a person to pat on the back and you have a throat to choke. And that's one of my selling points because a lot of these other, you know, Stripe and Square and other payment agents that aren't as facing forward, they don't give you that, that personalized customer service. And that's so important to brokers, good brokers like you and I, correct? Correct. Yes, sir. Correct. Just like with you, with just like the fascinating idea you have with your businesses, merchant, the grocery store, like that, that is, that is fantastic that have that. And you put your resources into that. You put your money into that, but not only that, you put yourself in your time. Mm -hmm. So why not protect your investment? Well, you have to, because the landlord won't let you in unless you provide that certificate of insurance. That is, <laughs> that is correct, sir. That's the only reason I do it. No, not really. Insurance is so important. And what you do is so vitally important and it loops into it so much. So, so let me throw you some curveballs here as we're talking about insurance, because you've done this for so long and we throw a lot of new ideas out there in the world. And these are things that don't exist. And one thing I've found in my entrepreneurial history is that Sometimes I'll have a business idea and I and I propose it to an insurance person such as yourself. And you'll tell me, well, Matt, I don't even know what the carrier is going to say about. Wow. I have no idea how to approach this because it's such a new idea or it's just so weird and out there. They're going to be just scratching their heads. How often do you run across that? And what do you do in those cases? 
Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Excellent question. So what I always do, so you, let's say, Matt, you gave me a call and I don't know, maybe you're starting a soap on a rope business. I don't know. And just as an example, which mm-hmm. would be a good idea. But then I had no idea who would sell. So what I was Okay, let me let me give you a real world scenario. Go ahead. Something I bet you have no idea how to approach us. Okay. It's an e-foil board. This is the first business we had as a podcast. And it's still, you know, waiting to be funded, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you want to see a good business take off, let's throw some money. Let's talk about that. that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But the e-foil board, it's like a surfboard shape or paddleboard shaped fun device with a foil underneath. And it's a motorized foil. And the foil is basically an underwater wing. And it's connected. This wing is connected to the board with this boom. The whole thing is carbon fiber. And there's an electric motor on the wing that propels the board like 25 miles per hour. But even more impressively, it lifts the board out of the water. And that underwater wing is just kind of barely under the surface, just kind of riding along there with that motor. And the rider is like two or three feet or, you know, one or two feet above the water, soaring along, not getting the water chop and going like 20, 25 miles per hour. And in this business, we're going to be doing guided lessons and tours and rentals of these e-foil board devices. Now tell me, I come to you and I say, we're going to need some insurance because we got people using our devices. They're new devices. It's a new concept. We're guiding people along with them. We're giving them in-person lessons and we're letting them take them off on their own. And there's motorized equipment. This just sounds to me like an insurance nightmare. What do you do? You know what? I will ask you the pertinent questions to get the same answers you just gave me. So let's say I already you came to me and I said, okay, talk to me about your operations. Talk to me about what you're going to do. Talk to me about paint, paint this picture for me. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything mm-hmm. going to do. And I'm taking notes. I'm literally taking notes We're on the phone mm-hmm. or in person, Zoom, anything. I'm taking notes. And I would give you, ask the basic questions that I know from commercial insurance. I like to call it a needs, a, a risk analysis. Uh, I, I do okay. what's called a risk analysis. And you're giving me information about your company. And in insurance terms, it's called a risk. Mm-hmm. So, and then what I would do, I say, all right, Matt, tell you what, man, give me about 24, 48 hours. I have a lot of homework to do. I have no idea who's going to cover, who's going to write the risk. So my now I'm going to call underwriters. So I'll call Acme Insurance, Harrison Insurance, whichever insurance companies, and I will call them. Talk to the underwriters. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Say, hey, Acme is an actual insurance name? No, no, just use it as an example. Oh, <laughs> you got me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I really thought of, oh, you said it twice now. I'm like, oh, wow. I guess it really exists. No, no. I, okay, I got it. Got it. Being in the insurance business and, you know, we were kids at one point and we all watched Looney Tunes. It was so right. Yeah. Just we saw Acme everywhere. All <laughs> <laughs> right. It was Acme everywhere. Yeah. So I would, as an example, just Acme Insurance, I would call them and other carriers. But the same concept with multiple carriers, yep. I would talk with each underwriter and say, look, we have a risk here. I'm not sure you guys are right. It. The underwriter will ask the same thing that I asked you. I will give them the information and they can either say, yes, we'll, we'll write it or no, we will not. So if they say uh, no, I know they're off the list. If they say yes, I keep them on the list. So I typically will call about maybe three to five insurance companies because I've had this happen before plenty of times. Oh, okay. That's all just three or five, three to five, huh? Three to five that I think are reputable. Okay. And that to me that makes sense because, you know, we can have 20, 30 carriers, but let's just be honest. We're not using all 20, 30 insurance carriers. We have the option, but you know, like any business, you start to kind of get a feel for, right. you know what I mean? You have your go-tos. 
there you go. And yeah. there are some that I've never been to before and I had to go to them. But anyhow, okay. that's the ones I get. That's I get five characters say, you know, we're writing. So I'm going to submit all the information. The underwriter is going to do their part in the, on their end. It's a lot of times there are additional questions that will come back to me as, as the broker. Those annoying underwriters. Those annoying, uh, you know, I love them. <laughs> okay. Same, okay. But at the same time, Lord have mercy. They, they can be special on the life insurance side. Different different conversations. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're doing their job, though, right? They're doing, they're doing their, their job. job. And they're great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're awesome. But sometimes those questions, it's just like, what are you guys doing? Sitting back and having a conference just to create some dang on questions? Right. But I understand because right. you have to, they have to mitigate the risk. So they relate, you know, talk to me. Okay, Chris, we need different information on this. You know, are, is it going to be adults doing the lessons? Is it going to be teenagers? Okay. How many are they going to be in a lake? Are they going to be in an ocean, a river, a pond? What are they going to be mm-hmm. at? So all of the detailed questions about they'll ask. And then what does their waiver and release look like? We got to write yeah. that up and submit it as well. I'm sure. Yeah. You have to have that too. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses, you have to have a waiver. You have to have, you doing your updated books every year. Oh yeah. Yep. Those courses are on the application. So then let's, so let's say out of the five carriers, all five said we were right. All right, cool. Now it's, we need to find out who's going to have the better premium. Got the numbers the game. Thing, the numbers game begins. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And then from that part, once I have my, my homework done, I will contact you. You and I will have a sit down. And we would we would compare apples and oranges, okay. Like literally. Okay. And, and I said, okay, this carry does this, Matt. This carry does this. Now we need to figure out which one. And most customers that I get, they're not worried about money; they're worried about the quality. Of course, the bang for your buck. It's the value, not the dollar price. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that will be the process. Okay. Okay. Here's a couple of things I've learned over the years. You sure. as a broker, you get a certain percentage of the premium paid, right? That's how you get that paid. That's correct. That is correct. And, and then you you also probably have some sort of broker fee for all this work that you're doing on behalf of the customer, not just for writing the policy, but for the ongoing service that you have. Do you charge broker fees as well? You know, I do not. You don't? I haven't in 16 years. Ding, ding, ding. Um, Anybody in Nevada, no broker fees. This is amazing. You know, I've paid plenty of broker fees. You know, I that's that's a topic that the, the broker fee is a touchy topic. Okay. Um, okay. There might be a, need a, for it in certain cases is what you're saying. You know, well, it depends on that agent and how they want to run their business. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I just, to me, money isn't everything. Because I've had customers where I could not insure them personally, but guess what? They sent me three referrals. Yeah. And I was able to insure their friends and family or whoever it was on a particular product, and the money evened out. So again, some brokers will charge a broker fee, but at the same time, ethically, I just don't feel, yeah, I, I get the whole concept of my time, my money. Yeah, but same time, I, I just ethically just don't feel right taking $200 from someone and it took me 20 minutes to get an answer. Right. Right. Okay. It's, I, it's just certain codes I live by. Yeah. I love hearing that. And then thank you for, for saying that and for putting that out Absolutely. there too. And you know, for those of you listening and you work with Christopher and all of a sudden you see a broker fee on there, ask him about it. Maybe there's a reason. And obviously you feel very strongly about it. And so they probably wouldn't see it. And if there was a case that they did, 
there's probably a very good reason for that fee to be on there, right? Like certain special cases, or is it just correct? Yes. Okay. Now, what I will say, let's say like I broker and there are so many entities out here. And I would say mm-hmm. there's another entity that we just call, they're called aggregates, right? Okay. And then let's say, and I mentioned earlier, you have those non-standard carriers. And let's say those non-standard carriers are the ones that told you, yeah, told me, yes, they, they will insure you. And now, because I went through them, and guess what? This is a company of underwriters, not insurance brokers. This is an agency just full of underwriters. Right. And they look for brokers like us to come in, write the business, we get the credit, but now some of them will charge a broker fee. Even though they're underwriters? Even though they're underwriters, correct. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Man. Okay, yeah. Calm down here, Mr. Underwriter. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it, it may be 40 bucks. You know, but, 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 oh like, my really? gosh. so I have to sit down with that. I have to tell you, man, I say, hey, man, listen, this is not one of my direct carriers. This is a, a underwriters company that I'm working through and they charge their own broker fee. So if you're OK right. with that, you can proceed for it. But I will be honest and upfront if that happens. And it always happens sometimes. OK, OK. So, wow. Learned a lot about the world of insurance. Let me throw another business type because we do this a lot on the podcast. We We try to come up with a new idea and that turns out to be a tech idea. Let's say an app on a phone. Okay. Do you have any tech companies that you insure right now? Or is that not a vertical that you, you really go after or specialize in, or do you have any kind of insight into tech companies or software companies? Only tech companies I insure are a couple of, I don't know if you can call it tech companies. There's some computer repair shops that I insure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the response to the heavy nature of anything technical as far as a company that we insure. Okay. Okay. And there's probably different insurance brokers out there that specialize yeah. in the in the tech world and some that yes. specialize in more of the brick and mortar world, yes, some sir. That specialize in the contractor's yeah. world. And so what would you say are some of the specializations that you really feel strongest in? Oh, my, my absolute passions are retail stores like yours. Yes. All right. Like the stores, the convenience mm-hmm. stores, anything, clothing, shoes. And also I, you mentioned contractors. I have a lot of landscapers, electricians, plumbers. So hmm. that's, a, that's a big part of my business too. And this is why you and I connect so well, because you and I share almost perfectly the same client types. You know, my two specializations are brick and mortar retail, especially specialty retail, because I have those myself and sure. I understand their needs and their difficulties that they, that they incur in the payment processing world and just overall business world. And of course, contractors. In fact, I'm you know, hint, hint, wink, wink, creating a, a specialized software right now for dealing with invoices that's geared at contractors and other agreement type specialists. So that's so funny that, you know, both of our respective industries, we have sort of these specializations that we make, that we create for ourselves that kind of give us those, you know, specific as terrific abilities in those spaces, you know, sure. it's better to do, you know, five things a thousand times than a thousand things five times. There you you know, go. People that cast those wide nets, they don't really have you know, a, a real true expertise in those areas. And it's good to know that you have that in these areas as well. So, exactly. okay. It doesn't answer my question on how do you approach a tech company from an insurance perspective, but. You know, I would approach it the same way I would, you know, the the the, the company that we just mentioned about giving the, the service. Okay. And it's with, it's with anything, even I, I have, a, I had, well, one of my customers that I had before he shut, down, he shut down his business, he was interested in doing, I don't want to say ride share, but 
it would it would have been a company. They would have had a couple of fleet vans, a couple mm-hmm. of car, you know, a couple of vans, passenger vans. And when they arrived here in Vegas, they would, you know, basically be the tour guide. And well, he cool. didn't okay. know how. Yeah, he didn't know how to get it insured. I had already insured his barbecue business when he had it up and running one, at one time. Uh-huh. And then I, I called and called and called and did my homework. And I couldn't get anyone to cover it. Wow. You know, those new too specialized. Yeah. They can be kind of touchy, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. When you come up transportation or dealing with, you know, the training of people of that nature. I feel their pain. I'm in the rentals industry and I do bike and surfboard rentals. And for some oh. reason, you give action sport items to people who don't know what they're doing with it in very real possibilities of injuring themselves and insurance companies don't like that for some reason. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I, <laughs> it's not like they can't afford it. Well, there's that. Like yeah. Yeah. It. And it's so funny too, you know, all of a sudden we were doing child seats and all of a sudden child seats are not available anymore and they make a sign an agreement, you know, Oh, you want to renew with us? Great. Just take the child seats away. I'm like, well, that's a major part of what we do. That's so, yeah. you know, you get these sometimes and it's just, it can be really tough to manage the world of insurance and it's just instrumental to have a broker such as yourself helping you advocating for you and your business this whole time. That's pretty much what you do, right? Exactly. And you know, you just mentioned, you know, some baby products there, a stroller. I actually had a store and the owner gave me a call. Do you know the insurance company, what this particular insurance company would not insure the store because they sold baby items? I believe it. It's a shame. It's terrible, but I believe it. I was just like, what's the, what's the issue? I found a carrier that would. But the carrier that said, no, what's the issue? Baby strollers. What is it? Car seats. Car seats, how yeah. Are those high liability items. Explain to me how. And I couldn't give a logical answer. Hmm. So it's just it's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's so funny that it's weird to you as a broker who's in that industry. You still get weirded out by things sometimes. And, and it's tough. I'll tell you, that's that's the world of business. Every business, just about every business out there has to deal with their commercial insurance policy. And it really isn't important to have a broker on there. So Chris, you came here on here as a guest and you're here to speak about what you do, why it's important to the business world and how your expertise could be a powerful asset to us in our podcast here as we go over some of the businesses, the theoretical businesses that we come up with and hopefully will turn into a reality someday. So I'm just going to put this out here for you to think about. There is a possibility, blah, 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 blah. rewind, there's a possibility of potentially bringing you on as a co-host, how would you feel about that? Rafikov, I didn't warn you about this at all. Oh, um, man. Do you see that as a possibility in your future? Matt, first off, I have to tell you, yes. But all right. First, I want to say thank you for even considering me. And of course. Considering that with the life, the, the direction the life has been in the past couple months, not, not necessarily bad, but there's been a few challenges. Hmm. That is very I appreciate that. And I am I am honestly blessed that you would consider me to be that. So absolutely, yes. As you see, I love teaching about this business. So absolutely. Well, you know, it's a lot of fun. Olga and I, and I'm sorry she couldn't be here. Maybe she would disagree with this decision. Maybe we have to talk about it more. It's not a full-on invite yet. I better talk with her. And this is mostly off the top of my That's head fun. here. I was happy yeah. to have you on a guest, but your your expertise really does come in handy here at our podcast. And I really think that you could speak to our audience and speak to the business needs that we go through as serial entrepreneurs in the theoretical world of business. And, and I really would enjoy your perspective, your personality, and just you as a person and what you offer and do and how much we get each other in the world that we live in, in our respective fields and the value that we could bring to each other 
with the differences that we have. And so I think you would be a great fit and I think we should explore this further. But for now, I, I want to give you the chance to talk more about your business and let our listeners know where they can find you, how they might be able to contact you if they want to see that you might be a good fit for them and their business, or maybe even some personal policies that you could write for them as well. Okay. So the biggest thing I'm, we are rebranding, we are rebranding our master website so that the main site is down. But however, other channels where you can find me, number one, all one word, Christy Insurance Man, C-H-R-I-S-T-H-E Insurance Man. So you can go to Instagram, you can go to TikTok and Facebook. You can reach me on those three platforms. I post on there several times a week from uh, instructional videos, explain just like we're doing now, and mm-hmm. I'm giving education as far as insurance is concerned and different things. I don't do it as a sales tip. I don't talk about pricing. All I do is talk about the, the commercial insurance, auto insurance, anything. And also, if you go to chrisinsuranceman.info, you can read our blogs as well. So Okay. So you are Chris, Chris, the insurance man, and they can find you on the social media channels at Chris, the insurance man. Is that, that correct? Is correct? That is correct. All have the All same right. name. To be, to, to, I, I like to keep consistency in marketing. You know what I mean? That's right. That's so important. Yep. Marketing tip from a non-marketing person who knows his stuff. Understood. No, I, Every I, entrepreneur I, has to be a marketing person to some degree. And here you are. Here we all are learning you know, these tips about consistency in marketing. I, can, I consider myself more of a marketer than an insurance rep. Yeah. By title, wow. I'm an insurance rep, but I spend more time actually marketing. You know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> I do know what you mean. I do it too. That's the yeah. lifeline of a business. It we sure is. And if we yeah. don't market, we don't make money. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You, you've nailed it, man. There's so many, so many commonalities between what you and I do. It's hilarious. So, and that's really what makes us such great entrepreneurs is that we can speak to the business world. We can speak to people that are going through the same thing that you and I are. Chances are other people are going through these as well. How many times are you on a sales call or you're with a client and they have questions that have nothing to do with insurance. And here they are, you know, asking you about their, you know, certain business needs and marketing or positioning or dealing with their landlord or employees. How many times do you get that? A lot. A, a lot, lot, right? <laughs> you might as well be a business consultant at a certain point. <laughs> sometimes, man, I may uh, get the term right. I'm a counselor sometimes. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and I, but, you, but, you know, I take pride in that. You know why? I do as well. Mm-hmm. Because we are in the relationship business. That's exactly it. That's you know, exactly we, it. You and I, with your store, with your businesses, you are constantly, Matt, you're constantly talking to your people. You're getting to know them. You know why? Because you want them to come back to buy mm-hmm. that food. Mm-hmm. You want them to come back and get those lessons. So yes, we, we are counselors. We are marketers. We are everything because it's that relationship in business that keeps us going. And I love, I can have a customer gave me a call to get some insurance and plenty of times. And the next thing we know, we're on phone for a whole hour. Then yes, I have to wrap it up, but I take that time with my <laughs> customers because they care enough to talk and I care enough to listen. Right, right. And there's a reason we stick around to this industry is because we love it. We love people. We love the relationships that we get out of this. We love the the opportunity to learn about the variety of businesses out there and the people behind them and the way they approach them. And it's just it's so fascinating and it's so exciting. And, and I love being a part of that. And I can tell that you do as well. Love it. I absolutely love what I do. And honestly, I wouldn't want to do anything else because I love the people. You know, you have a couple of bad apples, but, you know, I put of them course. in the batch, but the rest of them. Yes, I love my customers. I've had some invited to their home. 
or take me out to get pissed drunk. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. It's and just, even the bad apples, they're fun to make fun of later. Right. So they add to the pool as well. Oh, Matt, let me tell you, I, I, I've had a few. Yes, I've had we all have. Few and, and it's been some I've had to politely ask to leave the office. Yeah, I hear you there. OK, so if you want to find Chris, he is the insurance man. And all you have to do is remember that Chris, the insurance man, find Chris him on insurance. social media under that moniker. And you yep. will see his beautiful face. You'll see, you know, all that he does and has to offer and just that wonderful personality that can be there for you and for your business. So please seek him out. And we are self-sponsored. So allow me to plug myself as well. My name is Matt with San Diego Payment Processing. So if you have a store or if you're a contractor yourself, or you just need some sort of solution to take credit cards for your new business, or you want to look at at a rate change or a rate reduction. We have some great programs out there. We offer most of our terminals for free and you get a real person with a real personality and someone who knows the business world there to advocate for you and your merchant service needs on, you know, for the life of your account. And that's what really means the most to me is to serve you in that way. So if you have a business that has those needs, please reach out to me as well. Matt at San Diego payment processing.com. I'd love to answer any questions you have and see if I could make your situation better in the world of merchant services. And if you love this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed him and his presence and the sort of interruptive different episode that we had here in between our United Nations of Food business idea. So uh, please join us next week and Olga will be back and we'll be able to talk more about the financial plan of the United Nations of Food. And uh, you can also find us on our website, theserialpodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. Right. Thank you, Matt. We hope you enjoyed a double helping of insight and inspiration. Would you like to pitch your big idea, be a guest, invest, or simply share your thoughts with the serial entrepreneurs? Visit the serialpodcast.com.